um, the title that Alfred gave Alice and I is Progress and Joy in the Faith. So um, what we're going to do is basically look at a couple of things from each of our spiritual lives um, and just share them with you and hopefully there'll be stuff that's helpful for you guys, maybe you can take away as well. Um, just as a little mini disclaimer, we're kind of talking about disjoint topics, so I'm going to go first and then Alice will come up. Um, um, and yeah, so without further ado, I'll, I'll dive in. So, um, so yeah, um, I think in some ways it was, it was a fairly easy title, or, or, or rather it was a title that um, conjured something up in my head um, pretty much straight away when I heard it, um, because uh, I've, yeah, I've been learning quite a lot in, in a certain area, which I'm going to talk about, um, over the last nine months or so. Um, and that is um, to do with pride, which is a very common thing that I think we can all sometimes struggle with. Um, but specifically, pride relating to, um, to relating to my mind. So I kind of called it intellectual pride because it's something that I didn't really realise I had an issue with until quite recently, really. Um, and so I'll give you some, um, yeah, just a bit of background as to what what made made this suddenly jump to the front of my mind. Um, so uh, I think. Since becoming a Christian, I've, one of the biggest things I've learned is that, that we all have different sort of character strengths and weaknesses, um, and a lot of the time there'll be a certain characteristic which can be a strength and a weakness at the same time. Um, I guess an example for me would be that I can be quite relaxed and fairly good under pressure, which is a strength, but the, I think the same characteristic can make me lazy. Um, yeah. So it's quite... Um, and then I see other people who... Get one of, particularly one of my friends who's like almost the opposite of me, he gets really stressed over what seems to me like the smallest things, but at the same time he's incredibly organised and proactive and all these sorts of things that I'm not. So it's interesting. Um, and I think with, um, with my uh, just finishing uni and my degree and everything, thinking about um, my mind, I think I've always thought that uh, society tells us that, being, that studying and being academic and stuff is just a good thing. It's that simple, and that there's no downside to being a real thinker and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, so anyway, I kind of learned, and what I'm going to dive into is a few scriptures that have um, sort of shown me that it's not necessarily as simple as that. Um, so, um, in terms of things that happened in my life that are relevant to this, um, the thing that kick-started me thinking about all this was that, um, some of you may know this, but in January, so I've, I've kind of had an impromptu gap here, which ties in with my uh, sort of tendency towards being a bit unorganised. So I didn't plan a gap here, but it's just kind of happened. I'm about to start a job, but I graduated last summer, not this summer. Um, and uh, after, so about this time last year, I was looking for jobs, and I got took a job in a software company in London, and... Um, well, it was great because it was great to earn for the first time, but really there isn't a lot that I can say that was awfully positive about it. For the rest of um, my experience there, I found it um, yeah, very difficult and I was basically rubbish at the job. It wasn't a good fit for me, maybe, but really I just I found it hard and I really struggled. Uh, I didn't have a particularly good relationship with my trainer, um, which meant that I sort of slowly felt like I was you know, drowning and it was very... Everyone had their headphones on and it was quite a, quite a difficult environment to really ask for help in. Um, Anyway, so I, I then, you know, thankfully, um, God's really blessed me and given me an opportunity with the job that I'm about to start in September. And I got that um, around January and then promptly handed in my notice, I think at the end of that week, uh, for the other job. Uh, 
and then hence my impromptu gap year happened. But I think it was a bit, it had a bit of an impact on me because um, because basically, I mean, there were some mitigating circumstances, but really, I was just quite bad at the job, and there wasn't really much of a way to. to that was quite a hard, hard truth I had to face. Um, so that was what made me think about it. That was like the spark that made me start thinking about this. Um, and I think when I look back at a bit further back, I can see certain things that contributed to um, to um, that's sort of relevant for this topic as well. So um, at school, I used to be a real, I used to be a real sort of um, goody two shoes. I always did my homework on time. Mm -hmm. I was super. Um, I think I was just a bit of a nerd, really. I mean, I did end up doing maths at uni, so you might think that's not surprising. But, um, but yeah, so I, I really, and also I went, I went, um, I went to a private primary school, which meant that I moved school at thirteen, and so I did um, thirteen plus entrance, not eleven plus. But on top of that, I did, um, I applied for like an academic scholarship as well, and this was just, I mean, it was, it was, it was good in some ways, but it was, it was kind of ridiculous because I, the curriculum was so beyond where everyone else in my, my school year was. So <laughs> I do sort of jokingly say that year eight was pretty much the hardest year of work that I've done in my life. It was, it was ridiculous. My French textbook was an AS textbook when I was in year eight. It was completely crazy. But um, so yeah, I was really stretched. And in some ways, I have, I have fond memories of it. But um, the upshot of it was I moved school, got to my secondary school in year nine, and had basically done everything that we were learning. So then I realised I could do everything with no effort, and I sat around and had a great time. <laughs> basically, sailed through year nine because I'd basically done all the work a year early. Um, and I sort of rode the wave a bit through GCSEs, and then A levels are great because you can play to strengths, and mine was maths and everything. Uh, and then yeah, I got to got to do maths at uni, and, and maths is uh, I don't know if Fabian Jean would agree with this, but I think it there's a lot of intellectual snobbery among mathematicians. <laughs> There's a lot of jokes towards. I'm speaking for myself here, not for you. There's a lot of snobbery towards engineers and applied science, and um, mathematicians just love sort of having an air of superiority about them. So if I've ever given you that impression, I'm very sorry. But, um, but it, um, but yeah, and I, I still maintain that in some ways, math is a lazy subject. The shortest way to the answer is always prized above everything else. It's not lazy in that you have to do no work, but you know, it's all about being quick and elegant and just getting it, getting it nice and done. But anyway, so I think um, all of these factors over time gave me a little bit of a, uh, a sort of um, a bit of pride built up over time, basically. And this only was something that I started to become aware of because of this experience I had in my job. Um, and, and then once I started thinking about it, I saw, um, saw some scriptures that were really interesting um, uh, about this kind of topic. Um, about you know, um, yeah, about our minds and being wise and learned and all these sorts of things. So I'm just going to basically share a few of those things with you, um, and I hope that um, it's interesting and maybe helpful for you as well. So um, the first verse is in Matthew chapter 11, uh, verses 25 to 26. Is all I'm going to read. Um, it just says, at that time, Jesus said, "I praise you, Father, the Lord of heaven and earth." Because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. And I think this was, when I first read this, I was a bit like, hmm, that's a bit odd. I mean, I just think I glossed over it, really. Um, but when I, yeah, when I started reflecting on it, it made me think that 
you know, it really is like being wise and learned, as it says here, really can be something that causes pride to happen. Um, you know, we can be proud in many ways, but that was definitely one of them. So that scripture really put that on my uh, on my mind, and um, you know, and thinking, and I started thinking about it. And I was thinking, well, you know, any kind of wisdom or learning, um, or you know, something that you study with your mind, any kind of intelligence, is something that is given as a gift from God. Um, and I think there's a challenge not to take that kind of uh, to be our own. So in my case, it would be easy for me to think. You know, I've studied all this stuff, I can do this, I can do maths, I can blah, blah, blah. Um, when actually, um, you know, having a mathematical brain is just a gift from God, really, like so many other things. Um, so, you know, who am I to think that, you know, this is something from me, when actually it's from God? Um, there's a bit in uh, um, The Great Divorce, which I just want to read, um, by C.S. Lewis. It's a book by C.S. Lewis, and the premise of it is um, people... From hell get a bus up to the edge of heaven and they go and chat to people about um, they sort of meet someone from their life and they, they the people who are coming from heaven are trying to get them to repent and, and join them uh, and the interesting idea is that basically you, you point your mates and none of them actually do um, but yeah but, there, but there's one particular um, scene where it's two people who I think they were sort of it doesn't actually say but I think they were sort of theologians and they had it they were very spiritual people but, one, but for one of them, it really became a sort of, uh, you know, a, basically an intellectual thing. He was some kind of academic, and uh, basically he just enjoyed thinking about things, and not actually having any kind of practical sense of um, of his religion. And there's so there's a bit where they're talking, and um, the white spirit is the person from heaven who says to his um, says to his friend. Um, so yeah, basically he's trying to reason with him, being like. Can you see why you know? Can you see that you've got an issue in this area? That you've got this kind of pride and whatever. And he's getting increasingly frustrated because his friend is not able to see it. And then he says, "Listen, um, once you were a child, once you knew what inquiry was for, there was a time when you asked questions because you wanted answers and were glad when you had found them. Become that child again, even now." And then his friend replies, "Oh, but when I became a man, I put away childish things." And then uh, his his friend says, you have gone far wrong. Thirst was made for water, and inquiry was made for truth. And the thing that I thought was interesting is that ties with this, this scripture a little bit because it talks about um, you know, becoming a child and having that childlike kind of inquisitiveness. Um, and that kind of really challenged me because um, all that I studied at university is, was very interesting, but um, yeah, you're just kind of asking questions for the sake of it, really. In some, you, or you could see it that way, you know asking questions about the maths that I had studied previously and stuff. Um, so anyway, I think there's a challenge there for me to have that, in, um, have that kind of childlike inquisitiveness that, um, that I think I'd sort of been lacking a little bit in my faith. Um, the next verse I'd like to share is from Proverbs, and it's very well known, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, which I'm sure you all know. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make you straight. And the, th the point I'd like to highlight from this verse is that um, it presents trusting in the Lord and leaning on your own understanding as like alternatives. Mm -hmm. So it says um, trust in God kind of as opposed to leaning on your own understanding. Mm -hmm. and so I think that was challenging for me to think because it's, it's easy to, for me to think in my spiritual life, 
how can I sort of understand this thing about God in my faith when the reality is there's, we can't understand everything that is about God. So that's something that I've really been learning. And, um, and it's actually, in some ways, quite comforting, I think, when you sur surrender that uh, inquisitive nature, because you won't get all the answers, but when you actually just try and trust in God, um, that's quite uh, encouraging thought, really. Um, and then finally, in Isaiah uh, 44, uh, verses 24, well, second half of 24 to 25, it says, um, I am the Lord who has made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens, who spread out the earth by myself, excuse me, who foils the signs of false prophets and makes fools of diviners, who overthrows the learning of the wise and turns it into nonsense. Um, and I think I can tell you that even the maths that I studied like, the other year was already nonsense to me now. But um, <laughs> the thing that, that struck out to me here is that there's, there's this idea of God actually oppo actively opposing um, the wise and learned um, and the diviners and whatever, uh, false prophets, etc., and, and sort of actively opposing them. And I, and I thought that that's quite odd. You know, why, would God, why would God do that? Um, but I think, um, I think really God knows what's best for us. And in my case, it was really helpful for God to highlight this to me. Um, because, um, yeah, so I, uh, so I think this verse really showed me that, um, you know, in some ways I don't want to mess with God. God might overthrow my thinking and my learning sometimes, but that's not a bad thing. Um, and, uh, and for me, it's really felt like God's been doing, well, he hasn't really been doing that very much, but it, he's been making me aware of this kind of pride that I can sometimes have um, in order that I can trust him and be closer to him. Um, and that's been really uh, encouraging overall. Um, so I guess a few sort of challenges and things to think about. Um, for me, it's been really helpful for my prayer life because it's been something that I can take, um, take away and think, you know, um, look at where I'm trying to rationalise things and understand God in a more human way um, and actually just trust him and let go of that and pray. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'd encourage you, if any of you are like me, are kind of thinkers and, and really wrestle with things, you know, I think, again, like... Um, most character traits, I think that can be a real strength. But I also think I've really learned that there's a time to um, to sort of let that go and yeah. just um, you know say to God, it's okay, I don't understand this, but I'm going to trust you anyway. Yeah. And I think that, for me, that's actually really been freeing. Yeah, um, yeah also I just think in general, um, it's been helpful for me to look at ways, areas that I that actually do show that kind of intellectual pride that I might have. I, I spoke when I was preaching there earlier about playing cards with the Danets on holiday. I'm very competitive and I think that's in some ways linked to this. I like to, I feel, uh, I can, when Ben was demolishing me at hearts, it made me feel a bit like, oh, I'm just rubbish at this, I'm <laughs> stupid and I've played badly. You know, so I think um, there, are, there are certain things that can show us these sorts of characteristics. So let me encourage you to think about any that are, that are there for you as well. Um, and then, finally, just how can you trust God with those things? Because for me, that was really helpful to, to um, once I found this characteristic, actually trust, like, that's the hard bit, really, is once I'm aware of it, taking it into my prayer life and trying to be humble and praying that God will give me that humility and also that he'll help me to trust me.
um, because ultimately it's really great and really freeing, and it's been, um, yeah, it's been a really uh, interesting thing to learn. It's really mm -hmm. stood out to me. Um, that's all I've got to share for the moment. I will yeah. hand over to Alice. done a very good introduction to me because I'm also going to talk about trusting God. Um, but in two things, in transitions and in trials. Um, so I'll start with transitions. As most of you know, I've just finished my five-year veterinary degree, which felt <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a believer in applause, but thank you. And, uh, and I'm just about to start a job in Southampton. So I've spent five years in Bristol and I've got five, oh, well, maybe not five years, I've got now got to move down to Southampton. And uh, I was going to talk about just how that transition came about. So if you'd asked me a year ago, you know, oh, Alice, where do you want to work? I'd have said, oh, well, I've been to this great practice in Putney, and I really like it, and I'd like to work there. And lots of my university friends, I think like a lot of young professionals, migrate to London. And uh, I thought, oh, great, you know, I'll just have a good social time. And be in a good practice, the practice would be great for my career. It was a very hands-on practice. I knew them, and I liked them. So that was my plan, and uh, in my mind I sort of assumed, I suppose, that that would probably work out or something similar. And then I'm in October, um, which is a long time before the veterinary job market really opens up, so that starts in sort of March of this year, so October last year, I had a, an out, completely out of the blue email from a practice I used to go to, you know, from about age 14 to 21, and, uh, and saying, oh, you know, we've joined this um, corporate practice and we're going to run a graduate program. We know you, so would you like to join? And I was obviously very flattered, so I've been offered the job. But I went through real swings and roundabouts of just how I felt about it, because in my mind, I'd been going to London, even though I hadn't had any sense of job offer at all. <laughs> but that was my plan. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I, I really battled with it, I think I, it took me six weeks to accept the job, <laughs> so it was already a good sign that they let me sort of say that I'm not weak every week um, to decide. Um, and I, I prayed about it a lot, um, and I wrote a list of pros and cons, which was completely unhelpful because the only real con was the location um, in my mind. Um, and I, but I prayed about it a lot, and I sort of, you know, I, maybe I'd have a good prayer, and I feel like, yeah, maybe God wants me to Southampton, and then. Ten minutes later, I'm like, oh, no, my friend's going to be in London. <laughs> so, that would happen. Um, and, you know, it was, it was really difficult for me to kind of get through this time. Um, anyway, it culminated with me asking the job in Putney if they had one going, and they said no. So. <laughs> um, but it actually, just recently I was reading a verse which made me think of what my attitude had been a bit like during this time. Um, which was very challenging to me, I think it's just a very challenging verse, in Philippians 2, verse 21, which says, For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Wow. And another verse, which I think is very well known in Matthew 6, 33, um, which says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And I think it was very obvious to me that God had made it very clear, especially now I look back, God made it very clear that he wanted me to go to Southampton. And, but it was interesting that actually I found it very difficult to think about what God wanted. I, I thought about what was good for my career and what was good for my social life, as terrible as I understood. You know, and actually it's amazing that God, you know, 
thinking everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. It's amazing how that had just crept into my life. I hadn't really, yeah. hadn't really, I hadn't done it on purpose. It was just mm. the way I was. And um, yeah. you know, and the thing is about Southampton that it gives me a great opportunity to be near the Bournemouth group and the Southampton family group, and near G and Basingstoke, and near my brother in Salisbury. So there is obviously a lot that God wants me to do there. But it was just, I thought it was very interesting how I was facing that transition and I was so fixated on, you know, the things that are, are still not, I suppose, unimportant, but not as important as what God wants. Um, so I guess for us, I was thinking, you know, what changes are we facing in our lives? And, um, and are you, like me, and just thinking about getting swept up with some of the things that are still important, but not quite as important as what God wants? Um, and just thinking about, you know, to help us, I think, just being able to pray about what God wants for us mm. and really reflecting on that. And there is a wonderful promise in that Matthew 6, 33, you know, that all these things will be given to you as well. And I think mm. that idea of actually really being able to let go and um, hand, this, hand these things we want over to God and be able to put what he wants first. Mm. So that's my first thing I had to trust God in recently. And then another thing was in trials. And I was thinking, probably maybe a third of us here might be facing transitions, but probably all of us are facing some trial, or have just faced a trial, or we'll face a trial tomorrow. Um, and I think trials can be of lots of different types, whether it's health, or like friendship, or family, or loved ones, or career. But I was going to talk about sort of friendship, this relational friendship trial that I faced whilst at university. Um, and that was another reason why I think Christian relationships are so useful, because there's a bit more sense you know, the importance of forgiveness. Um, and anyway, I was reading, so I was praying, you know, and then I was reading, I read this verse, which I think um, is extremely challenging, um, in Luke 6, and it's 27 to 36, it's quite a long passage, um, but it says, but to, it's Jesus talking, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Someone slaps you on one cheek, turns them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you, um, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them, and if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. But if you lend to those from whom you expect from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. And I think the thing that really struck me about this verse was how different it was to what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, the thing was that, it, although forgiveness felt really impossible to me, the, the verse at the end, really, which talks about um, being children of God because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked, and be merciful just as your father is merciful, and I think it helped me to be reminded that actually I fall into that bracket of the ungrateful and wicked, and God's kind to me. You know, I'm, I'm the one who falls asleep when I'm praying, or, you know, who goes on about something else, or who gossips about somebody, or whatever, you know, but, but God is still kind to me. Yeah. And actually, he's still full of mercy for me, and that is my um, challenge. So I, I think knowing that God knew a bit of what I was going through, I think really helped that God would understand. Obviously, he used to forgive people of much worse, you know, of everything. And so the fact that I could draw on the fact that God knew what challenge I was facing was also 
um, and other things that really helped me in that trial. So I think in our trials, I don't know what trials you're facing today, whether they're financial or emotional or relational or family or whatever, or health, I think it's, you know, things that really helped me have been to pray about it and to really connect with God over it um, and to talk about the problems and also just to gain encouragement of the fact that God knows what our problems are like too, so we can, we can relate to him. Well, I um, yeah, thanks, Al. Because I just wanted to say as well that I um, on the, the topic of what Al was speaking about with her friend, who was quite difficult. Um, I can testify to the fact that Alice was a, really was an incredible friend to her, despite the way she was feeling. And um, I think it's um, you know there was a lot of a lot of peer pressure to be very sort of ungodly and unforgiving, really. Um, and I think that it was a really, it was actually sort of to God's glory that you were able to not give in to that because I think it has probably had a real impact on people seeing Alice sort of, you know, um, control the emotions and need to still love the, love her even though she didn't feel like doing it. Um, well, I just thought I'd close out with a prayer um, and um, yeah, let me send back. Uh, start our weekend. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you um, for the fact that you do always teach us things, you always show us um, ways that we can grow. Um, thank you for what you've shown me um, with um, humbling me um, through this job. I really can be thankful now for receive, for going to that job even though at the time I really couldn't stand it. But um, thank you so much for, uh, for what you taught me there. Uh, thank you for what you've taught Alice um, uh, through um, um, the, the tough times that she has uh, shared about. Um, and I thank you um, that we all know you, we're all with you, God. I pray that you'd help us with um, anything that stands out to us from tonight, whether it's uh, a tough time or trial that we're experiencing at the moment, or whether it's um, uh, some some issue where we need to trust you rather than trying to figure everything out ourselves, God. Um, I thank you that uh, you always love us, um, and I pray that for a great weekend um, and that you would um, just help us all to continue growing and knowing you better, God. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.